Good morning. Today is Friday, April 16th, 2021. So, in order to appreciate the Haftorah this Shabbos, we need a bit of background because our Haftorah this Shabbos comes from chapter 7 of Malachim Bays, the Book of Kings, number 2. But the story begins in chapter 6, one chapter before. So, let me give you the background. The background is as follows. We're near the beginning of Kings 2. That means we're about approximately halfway through the first temple period. And this narrative concerns the kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom. Remember, during this time there was a split and there were the, the northern kingdom, the kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah. This is about the northern kingdom. So, there was a king of Aram. Now, Aram is the place that would later be called Bavel, Babylonia. But this place, Aram, had a king and his name was Ben-Hadad. And this king, Ben-Hadad, wanted to conquer the north. He wanted to conquer all of Israel, but he wanted to start with the northern part of Israel. So he laid a siege around the major cities in Shomron, the northern part of Israel. And because of the siege, there was a famine. And because of the famine, the prices for necessities went up. They skyrocketed, the prices for food. People couldn't afford food. Now, the king of, of, of Israel at that time was Yehoram. And basically what happened is Yehoram was overwhelmed. He basically gave up. He despaired. He did not provide any leadership and he tried to find someone to blame. And the Navi at that time, the prophet at that time, was Elisha. Elisha, of course, was the prophet who was the disciple of Eliyahu, Elijah the prophet. So this is Elisha. So he threatened to kill Elisha, which of course wouldn't do anything for the people who were starving in his city. Um, so, but basically he gave up. So Elisha sends back a message, the following prophecy to the king Yehoram. He says, in the name of God, that tomorrow the famine will end and food will become plentiful, which is like something completely unnatural, right? There's no natural way for this to happen, but Elisha is prophesizing in God's name that tomorrow your own eyes will see Yehoram, that the prices will fall and food will be plentiful, but you will not eat from any of that food. Kind of a mysterious prophecy. Okay, that is chapter 6. Now let's look at chapter 7, Kings 2, Ar Haftorah. So, Ar Haftorah begins that there were four people that had Tzara'as, which is, of course, the topic of our parsha of Tazriya Mitzorah. And remember, 
If a person had tsaras, they had to go outside of the camp or outside of the city. So there are four people, four men, that have tsaras, and they are outside the gate of the city. And they're starving because even inside the city, there's no food because there's a famine, because the prices have gone up. And certainly nobody's thinking about bringing food to people who are outside of the gates. So they're starving. And remember, there's this siege laid around them by this gigantic army of Ben-Hadad from Aram, overwhelming gigantic army, just waiting for the people inside to weaken enough, and they'll just come and slaughter them all. That's the plan. So these four people who are outside the city, who have Saras, they say to themselves, listen, what do we have to lose? We don't have any food here. There's no food inside the city. Let's just go to the enemy military camp. Let's just go to the enemy army of Ben-Hadad. And either one of two things happen. Either they'll kill us, in which case we're no worse off than we are now because we're going to die anyway. Or maybe they'll have pity on us and they'll give us some food. All right, it's a smart plan. So they, they start out towards the enemy military camp and they come into the camp and they see that it's empty. There's no one there. They don't understand, but they see gigantic stores of food just open, just they're available and there's no one to stop them. There are, no, there are no soldiers. So of course they take as much as they need, as much as they want. Then they send a message back because they can't go back into the city, right? Because they have Tsaras, they're not allowed back in. They send a message to the king. Listen, you're all worried about this enemy. There's nobody here. There is no enemy. There's no one here. So the king, Yehoram, figures that this is some kind of a trap. He figures that maybe the soldiers temporarily left the camp. They're waiting for the smaller Jewish army to come and they're just going to uh, massacre them uh, all at once. So he's very, very careful about how he does it. In any event, it turns out that as the Jewish soldiers cautiously approach, they see leading out from the camp a trail of um, debris, meaning, and, and what had happened, and this the Haftorah discusses, what had happened was the enemy soldiers who were so powerful and who were certain that they would be able to triumph over the weakened Jewish community inside, they somehow, somehow in quotation marks, you'll see, became frightened. They heard like the sound of an even more enormous army than they were, and they ran. They retreated as fast as they could. They left their debris. They couldn't even like pull on their pants quick enough. They just, they saw a trail of, of this uh, discarded stuff going away from the camp. And of course, all this food. And there was just enormous, gigantic amounts of food. And it was, it was true. What the four people at Sarah said was true. So the Jewish army brought the food back to the city. And 
the end of the Haftorah says, they brought this enormous amount of food back to the city and now there was no more famine. And the, the, the captain in charge of the army said, If it would be that God had caused the food to rain down from heaven, would it be an even greater miracle than this? Because as soon as they had food, the prices came down and everybody could buy food. And there was such a mob trying to get at the food that they were rushing and King Yehoram was standing there and he was trampled and he was killed. So Elisha's prophecy came true. God created a miracle that caused the enemy soldiers to run away. There was all of a sudden plenty of food. The price came down. Everyone could afford it. Yehoram saw this miracle happen, but he did not eat from it because he was trampled and he was killed. Now, that is an example of supply and demand. When the supply is scarce, there's not enough food for everybody, the price goes up. It goes up so high, people can't afford it, and there is famine. People are going hungry. When the supply becomes more plentiful all of a sudden, the cost goes down. Supply and demand. It's fascinating that in the Talmud, our rabbis discuss this at great length. In fact, there are many discussions in the Talmud about economics, economic theory, practical application of economics, microeconomics, macroeconomics. It's a fascinating subject. And there are writers, contemporary writers, who have tremendous expertise in this area. It's a fascinating area. There's a lot to talk about, but I'll limit myself to just a short, short piece for now. So, for example, in general, in the Talmud, that's supply and demand is not the preferred system. A free market economy is not the preferred system. Rather, the rabbis in the Talmud prefer a system where there is regulation of prices, a regulated and defined profit margin that will prevent hoarding. It maintains fair prices for necessities even during times of need. It prevents monopolies, all sorts of effects. And this is a very complicated subject. Let me just share one application that happens to have its source in our Parsha. The beginning of our Parsha deals with a completely different subject. Tazria, the beginning of the Parsha, begins with a woman who gives birth. So if it's a boy, there's a mitzvah brismila, ritual circumcision. And in any event, boy or girl, there's an obligation for the new mother to bring a carbon, a sacrifice, when the base of is standing. And the sacrifice includes a certain number of birds. 
kosher birds that were offered as a sacrifice. Now, during the end, near the end of the second temple period, so this is just about 2,000 years ago, maybe a little bit more, the great rabbi at that time was Rabbi Shimon ben Gabriel, and he noticed that the price of these birds had gone up significantly because you understand they're kosher birds. They could be the, the demand for them could come from all types of sources, but there was a built-in automatic demand because every woman that gave birth had to need some of these birds to offer as the carbon. And the price went up. The price went up so much. The Talmud says it reached one golden dinar. That was an amount, an exorbitant amount of money that not only poor women could not afford, even women of some means, it was out of reach. So Rabbi Shimon Gabriel came to the to the Beit Midrash to the study hall. That's the uh, Talmudic version of a news conference on 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 television. And he made the following announcement. He said, until the price comes down, I am legislating that women have to bring fewer birds than what the Torah requires. And immediately the price dropped the same day to a fraction of the cost. You notice what he did. What he did is he regulated demand. In other words, there's a certain built-in demand for a scarce asset. The price went up. He regulated the demand to reduce the demand. If the demand is reduced, the price comes down. So you see an example, and there are numerous other examples in the Talmud where Rabbi Shimon Gamliel and other rabbis of the Talmud would legislate in order to regulate the, the, the economics of what was going on. Now, the truth is, I'm sure you're aware, economists today maintain the same debate between a free market economy and a regulated economy. But it is fascinating to study how our Haftorah this Shabbos provides an ancient insight into both sides of that debate. My friends, I want to wish you a great day and a wonderful Shabbos. And I'm sure you're going to pay attention to the Haftorah this Shabbos. And if you have a chance, start from the chapter before chapter six in Malachim Bay's Kings 2. It is absolutely fascinating to read. I've given you just a short version of it, but Take a look at it yourselves. Have a great day, a wonderful Shabbos, and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.